0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast 234. This is our 2022 CJ Cup and Mallorca Golf Open Tips podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, boys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info and, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf bank system website with our in depth betting previews, tournament form stats, combi course, and current form stats, and all our PGA Tour and DP World Tour prediction optimizer models. All of these features, like this pod, they're completely free of charge with no paywall. We're on Twitter. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at a, t- a Good Talk Golf. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Plus, you can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. It's review time. So, you guys as listeners power this podcast. So, we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. We've got one here. It's from Little Dubliner, and he is in the UK. The title is, great show, great chat, great insight, five stars. Love this show. The guys know their stuff. Do their research and are solid on their predictions. I've won a few hundred quid in the last few weeks. Norren and Strucker just fell short, but picked up Hoagie as first round leader! Exclamation mark! Thank you, little Dubliner. Thanks for your support.
2: Very good, yes. Many thanks for taking the time to, uh, to give us that review. Much appreciated.
0: I mentioned last week five stars on Spotify and we have jumped to 200 as we... 260! 265 stars now on Spotify. The target, gentlemen and ladies, is 300 if we can get there by the turn of the year. So if you are a Spotify user, all you've got to do is go to the golf betting system page on your spotify account and just press the five stars it's as simple as that i'm sure that we can get to 300 that'd be fantastic right we've got the returning barry how was your how was your golf holiday
1: in the south of spain it was nice and warm yeah like it's great it's just it's it's something we just don't experience that like consistently weather that you could rely on where you could plan your life in advance and plan a barbecue outside three weeks in advance. Um, it's just, it's kind of alien um, feeling for us. But yeah, it was it was um, really nice. Got to play a couple of uh, Sevi Ballesteros design courses. There were a couple of his earliest ones, Novo Sancti Petri. Um, so yeah, it was uh, interesting playing a few shots from the trees, hitting a few trees, losing balls in the canopy. <laughs> making the odd birdie or two um just <laughs> just good 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 week altogether. together yeah it was there with a um my pro uh friend of mine he's his name's patrick garrity he's the pro in druids glen here in Ar- in, in ireland um so we were working out how terrible my game is and trying to un- un-mess it <laughs> Which we, we think we tracked it back to the week I spent in, in um, Belmullet playing Carn this week this year, where it was really, really windy, and that kind of maybe messed me up. So, mm. yeah, we'll see if we, we, see, we um, unscramble the puzzle a bit. but Do uh, they have a pitch and putt down there that Paul and I can play for the week? <laughs> I tell you, they had an amazing little pitch and putt. Um, Brilliant. Like, well, we're in for next year. We'll, like, and we'll meet you in the bar afterwards every day. In amongst the trees, uh, longest hole was about 75, 80 yards. So there was 30, 40-yard holes. And you could have just walked around there with you know a lob wedge and a putter and a beer. And it's just mm-hmm. perfect. So. Sounds silly. It sounds, yeah, it sounds idyllic. Sounds terrible. You have to have a word with Patrick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bring <laughs> the boys the golf down. Golf betting this system open. He'd love to have you down. Um, there we go. system holidays.com <laughs> <So. Yeah>, Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Let's talk about last week, shall we? Um, the community choice of Keegan Bradley won in the Zozo over in Japan. So there were thousands of people on Keegan Bradley. So congratulations to all of you. I saw on Monday when I reviewed the odds, Betfred were at 40 to 1 on Monday show for Keegan Bradley. Mm, yeah, bravely. that That's a stonker. That's one that stings you. If you're not on Keegan Bradley like myself, especially as he had great course form, great current form, um, I had Victor Hovland, who he had chances. He was, I think, he was two back going into Sunday. Might have been three, I think. Yeah, it was two back of it was two back of Bradley and Putnam, and he was three off Ricky, mm. who was at fourteen under, and he started off with a birdie, and but yeah, it just didn't happen. So. Um, I, I managed to wipe my feet kind of each way on Hovland, so it wasn't a disaster. Um, at one point, I did think maybe two weeks on the trot, two winners, but um wasn't to be. I think the real talk, talk well, just interesting, we were talking off mic, actually, listeners, Keegan Bradley now. I mean, if you want a guy that's rejuvenated himself, um, he's now up to eighth in the Ryder Cup qualification.
2: Yeah, he's above. Early doors,
0: but... He's above. Uh, he's a well, you say that. In a, the American point system's actually been running for a period of time now. A lot more longer than the European. He's actually above Xander, Patrick Cantley in the actual qualification, and Max Homer and Jordan yeah. Spieth. So he's got a good start. As you said, Paul, if he if he could get another win next year and a couple of decent major finishes, you're thinking Keegan Bradley. He's going to be very close to qualification.
2: Yeah, it shouldn't be far away if he, if he can keep it together. But yeah, long, long way to go yet. But um, if you get a Keegan Bradley who starts converting, which, mm. well, you know, you looked at that position last week and Fowler, I guess I prefer Fowler from slightly off the pace anyway, but you've got Fowler and uh, Bradley leading. And you kind of thought, well, perhaps it is going to be one of the guys who just in the slipstream is going to come through, but... Um, wasn't to be. He held his nerve. And uh, you know, if he starts doing that with more regularity, then who knows? Potentially, he's going to get himself into that kind of position.
0: I think if Hovland had actually hung around and hadn't started throwing bogeys at the problem, mm. they may well have cracked. Yep. But in the end, it was a fight out. You know, Andrew Putnam, boo, boo, you know, not exactly quaking in your boots. And it was Ricky and Keegan Bradley. <laughs> One of them had to win. Yeah. I think didn't we? Didn't he hadn't won? He'd won one event in two hundred and seventeen starts or something like that, Bradley, before at the Zoza. Yeah, and from a lot of good positions as
2: well. Got a lot of good starts or a lot of good um, you know, positions coming into final days that just mm. weren't converted. So
0: he um, had yeah. shown progress though. Yep. We said we said that um, that that event that Homer won at, po- at Potomac, he actually hung around, didn't he, Bradley? Mm-hmm. Didn't collapse completely. Yeah. So there were many steps. Um, what about um, the fantastic tournament of Valderrama? Adrian mm. Otegi taking the title there. Yeah, you know, lapping the
2: field, didn't he? In the end, nineteen under he got to, which is absolutely incredible around Valderrama. Um, one by six in the end. If you put it into context, fifth place was at six under par, so he was thirteen shots clear of the fifth place finisher, which. Um, yeah, outstanding. Every aspect of his game, every every statistic you look at was um, was incredible. So yeah, no one got close to him. And I'd backed him on his previous starter course. Um, that was at the <laughs> Dunhill Lynx.
0: <laughs> he missed the cut.
2: <laughs> well, it He didn't just miss the cut, Steve. He shot 80-79 in his middle two rounds. Um, I think he was 151st or something. So you know, I had a good look at Ategi because statistically, over the course of the season, he kind of made a level of sense. Um, he'd shot you know, some, some decent enough rounds around Valderrama in the past, but tended to come unstuck with the odd round of 77 here or there. But, you know, pretty regularly. Just uh, just threw one in um, during the course of the four days, which took him out of the equation. So I looked at that I looked at the fact that he'd let me down horribly on his previous start and left him alone. And then he goes and produces something like that. It's... Yeah painful, isn't it?
0: Genuine Uh, question. I didn't watch the coverage. What was the reaction like to a a Livster winning back on the DP World Tour?
2: Well, the, re- the reaction, full stop. It was it was muted all the way through the week, and you could kind of get that from the social media. I don't know if you caught any of the um, the the toing and throwing on social media, particularly between the likes of Eddie Petbrought and anyone else that he could possibly wind up the the Westwards and the Poulters. But but yeah, you know it 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 wasn't it, it wasn't jubilation. Um, is probably the best way to to put it. Um, a Well, he played the first two or three, didn't he? And then he's not exactly one of the stalwarts at the the live tour.
0: No, he had a th- he had a three. I mean, none of this information's in the general domain until it comes back out. If you see what I mean. Mm. But apparently, Richard Bland said on a podcast the other week that he was one of the players that had a three a three event contract a yeah. So it was clearly just a fill in.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and he's been has been dropped as bigger names have come along, and uh, yeah, he's worked, worked his way back onto the tour, um, you know, paid his penance in whatever way. Got himself a you know what, what's going to be a two year exemption now. So you know how, how does that work moving forward if there's any any further repercussions? But uh, you know, t- take nothing away from the fact that Otegi played some incredible golf, and um, you know, thoroughly and I mean thoroughly deserved that win. Um, but yeah, it's just tinged with that little bit of um, controversy, I suppose. Um, and uh, yeah. I, know, I know it's early doors, but I'm going to keep
0: referring. I'm going to keep referring mm. to this throughout the development of uh, the points. Uh, Team Europe at the moment: John Rahm, Shane Lowry, Rory McIlroy, Robert McIntyre, Adrian Otagey, Danny Willett. They're the six autos. As we stand here right now, yeah. clearly it will change. Oh, yeah. 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 We've got some uh, We've got some decent Europeans playing the CJ Cup this week. Mm. Uh, the likes of uh, Strucker, Alex Noren, Mats Fitzpatrick, uh, Victor Hovland, uh, Willett's playing, Hatton's playing. So it'll be interesting to see if one of the Europeans can get in the mix or even win this week at the CJ Cup, which they're playing... In South Carolina. So, should we talk around that? Let's crack on with the CJ of... I noticed last week, Paul, you and I were wittering for an hour and 20 minutes. I do apologise to the listeners. Uh, that's without you, Barry. So, uh, we, we had a good old natter. <laughs> um, oh, I forgot. I My, my, my um, strategy of picking guys from outside the top 50 in the... The race to Dubai. That threw up Wu Lee last week, who again got me an each-way return at yep. Uh, yep. at the Estrella. So that yep. was decent enough. Yeah, he he's looked, now. He looked, I think he's now close to the top fifty in the world again, Wu Lee. He's one to he's, keep an eye on. You know, He's very capable, isn't he?
2: And uh, you know, uh, theoretically, the courses that he played over the last couple of weeks aren't his strongest suit. So. If you get him on something that's a little bit more open, a little bit more linksy, and potentially even some of the uh, you know the, the likes of a uh, uh, you know the uh, Earth course potentially at the end of the season, that's a mm. little bit more open, a bit longer where he can open his shoulders. That uh, yeah. could be something to look at. With Min, it Wu. looks
0: like he'll be playing pole as well because he's up to thirty eighth yeah. in the race yeah, oh, to in. Dubai. Yeah, twenty four yeah. point jump, twenty four place jump last week mm. for Minwoo Lee. CJ Cup South Carolina now this is the event they used to play at nine bridges yeah I've got that right nine bridges mm-hmm. over in Jeju Island in South Korea. So where the Zozo is played at Narashino as last week and that had a year with COVID over in America. the CJ Cup seems to have now housed itself in America. Uh, this is the third year on the on the trot. They're playing South Korea's event in the United States, but they've moved it. Now, the last two years, they played it in Las Vegas. This year, I don't know if South Carolina or someone in South Carolina has thrown some money at the problem. But they've moved it and it's retitled the CJ Cup in South Carolina, which is all well and good. Uh, it's being played at Congaree Golf Club now. Congaree, we did see this last year in 2021, which is great. So it's not completely new. This is the course that uh, that, that hosted the Palmetto Championship. Now I can I can almost hear people thinking, Palmetto Championship. What one was that? It was that was the tournament that took this. It all gets very complicated, thanks to COVID. This was the tournament, the Palmetto, which took the place of the RBC Canadian Open. And they played it at Congaree Golf Club, and it was won by the, a player who at the time was red hot on the DP World Tour, yeah. Garrick Higo, the young, talented, buccaneering South African, who I think had gone over to the States. He played the PGA Championship at Kiowa Island, and then he played this. And quite a few astutes were on at 50-1. to 1. Because if you looked at my strokes gained eight-week data for out, he was all over it like a rash because I include DP Welter data in there. He was all over it, but typically me at that point, I was oh, well, he's not on the PG. I'm not interested in and him. He, and he goes and wins it. He won it from Hudson Swafford. Uh, the winning score, by the way, was 11-under. That tells you something. Hudson Swafford, Doc Redman... Jonathan Vegas, Tyrrell Hatton, Beau Van Pelt, Chesson Hadley. Hadley was the one that really threw it away in the last three holes. They were all tied for second at 10 under par. So, not your typical PGA Tour scoring levels there. That's one worthy of note.
2: I think the other thing with Higo is, given what you'd seen of him on the DP World Tour, he tended to be... Performing best on the the real birdie fest, so he, you know, I, I we'd have all looked at him at the time because you know you could see that his form line coming in was was strong. Um, it just didn't kind of fit with what we'd seen of him before. But with some of these young upcoming talents, you just you, you don't quite know how they're going to perform on these tougher tests until you uh, until you get them there. And yeah, he was, was more than good enough in the end.
0: They played that the week before the US Open at Torrey Pines, the one that John Rahm won. Mm. So I think the week before John Rahm had been six clear at the at mem- uh, Memorial and got COVID, we then had the Palmetto. And then we had uh, the US Open the week after. Just out of interest, round one, Wes Roach <laughs> shot a 64. That was the lowest score of the week, tied... On Sunday, with right this is and this is this is absolutely perfect here. Ryan Armour and Will Gordon shot best rounds on Sunday. Now Ryan Armour, he hits it about two seventy. Will Gordon hits it about three fifty. Yep. Um, that tells a slight story. Dustin Johnson was also at the top of the leaderboard for at least the Thursday, Friday, and most of the Saturday. And then the putter went cold and he didn't win it in the end. In fact, I think he sneaked. Uh, he was at eight under, so I think it was tight ninth or something like that. But Dustin Johnson was all over it. Um, it's a long golf course. 7, yards. Uh, sorry, 7,655 yards. It's a par 71. So I am categorizing it as a Carolina golf course, a mid-score golf course, and a long golf course. Mid-score. I think this time around, a lot of the talk about Congaree. Kevin Kisner is uses this as a practice facility. It's about a, I don't know, it's about an hour's drive from where he lives, so he, he comes down here a lot to Congaree and practices here. Gets out of the way of the misses and the kids and the turkey shooting. Comes down here and practices. It isn't actually far from Harbour town either. So I don't think Harbour town's a bad crossover. And a lot of the Sea Island guys are not a million miles away here, the Sea Island residents. So just bear that kind of information in the mix. Um, also, it's a Tom Fazio design. Uh, Fazio has had hands on Riviera Country, Riviera Country Club, the Genesis Invitational, Quail Hollow, where they play the Wells Fargo and the 2017 PGA Championship. He also has had um, work at Seaside Course where they play the RSM Classic. Um, he's also designed Corales, which they play every year on the PGA Tour over in uh, Dominican Republic. And also Conway Farms where we've seen the BMW 2013, 15 and 17. He was also the designer of Caves Valley where they played the 2021 BMW Championship last year, the one that was... Patrick Cantley and Bryson DeChambeau all the way through a very um, long and arduous playoff. So those are Fazio courses. Going back to this course, Congaree and Kisner said this. It's long, he said, but it doesn't play overly long because the course is meant to play very firm, very fast. So plenty of roll on the fairways and releasing greens. That's how the course is set up. Um, There is no rough. Yeah, you heard that right. There is no rough. If you miss fairways here, which are gigantically wide, you're in sand. But they're not bunkers, so you can actually ground your club. I know what Barry's thinking. I can hear I can hear what Barry's thinking and what Barry's thinking is true. It's it does feel very San uh, Pinehurst number two, where they played the US Open. It also feels to me, and the look of the course, very Kiawa Island. Ocean mm. course, where mm. they played the PGA that McElroy won, and the PGA that Phil Mickelson won last year.
2: Yep. Yeah. Whistling. Strikes. Very, very
0: there's some very, very serious Pinehurst. I mean, this is the Carolina Carolina, Lowlands, effectively. Mm. It's very Pinehurst. It's very Keira Island Ocean course. Just the setup of it, the look of it, the topography of it, all of the sand. Now, that Palmetto was played in the heat of June, and it was approaching 30 degrees. This year, of course, we're now playing this in mid-October, and I'm looking at the weather forecast right now. It's going to be dry. There has been some rain in the build-up. But effectively, we're looking at temperatures topping out 20, 22 degrees, maybe 24. So pleasant, but not scorchingly hot. And we're also looking at evenings, where there's going to be 6, 7 degrees Celsius. So dew on the ground. I don't think this course is going to play anywhere near as firm as fast as it did we're 11 under one. So I said off, mic to you guys, I think this is going to be your typical 17 to 19 under par kind of tournament for the winner, winning score. Yep. If you're hitting straight 66s around here, you're going to be right there on Sunday. So five under par every day. 20 under par, I reckon you're going to be pretty much bob on. There's a tiny bit of wind on the Sunday, but the rest of it is literally four or five miles an hour. If these greens are receptive these boys are going to take it apart and we've got a field boys we've got a field 15 of the top 20 in the world are in attendance this week. Mm. It is high class stuff at the CJ Cup. The reason for that is it's the it's the most um the prize fund is the biggest in the United States this side of Christmas and of course it's a 78 man field short field no cut. So, if you're a player, it's very, very tempted. I mean, the only big names that haven't arrived are Patrick Cantley and Xander. They just tend to do their own thing, don't they? Uh, McElroy. Uh, McElroy's already been nibbled. Uh, he's the favourite. He becomes world number one here in various scenarios with Scotty Scheffler. He's clearly the form horse. He's the best player in the world right now. Uh, Bet Fred. Biggest price on him right now, at 15 to 2. They're the only firm going 15 to 2. Uh, John Rahm, 9 to 1. He's been nibbled as well. He was at tens yesterday. You then got world number one, Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas at 14 to 1. And then we're out to the likes of Matt Fitzpatrick, 25 to 1, with Bet365. Sung J.M. at 25 to 1. Sam Burns at twenty-eight to one. Victor Hovland's a twenty-two to one chance. I hate that when one firm, literally, are at a standout price and the rest are all a lot shorter. Uh, Max Homer twenty-eight to one. Tom Kim at thirties. Cam Young thirty-three to one. With Colin Morikawa, who let me down really badly last week. Morikawa, he's got problems. Jordan Speith at 33s, Shane Lowry at 35 to 1, Tyrrell Hatton 40 to 1 bar.
2: Any thoughts
0: before I go into my selections?
2: No, great field though. It really is a strong field and yes, yeah, a lot of points up for grabs for these guys. No cut as you say, so uh yeah, it should be it should be a good one.
0: People have been talking about Tyrrell Hatton Wins a lot at this time of year. Yeah. I didn't see enough in my in the numbers for me to tip him personally, but um, he's clearly playing reasonable golf. There's stuff on the turn. For me, this is this this was my logic. I think length off the tee will be a real help. I wouldn't classify it as a bomber's course, but I tell you what, when you looked at the lights of Higo, Hudson Swafford gets it out there. Johnny Vegas, Dustin Johnson in the mix. There were some proper belters at the top of the leaderboard, but I don't think that's absolutely everything. I think if you've got a good approach game... Kevin Kisner referenced distance control. He said distance control was absolutely critical on this course. And, of course, we're talking about... Well, I say of course. These are Bermuda grass greens. The actual agronomy. Uh, Tiff Grand Bermuda grass fairways. We've got no rough, Uh, it's it's weird saying that, we've got 6,150 square feet on average, green complexes and they contain champion Bermuda grass, champion, we should have like a question and answer thing on here now with the listeners, it's like have you been listening over the years, what courses feature champion Bermuda grass, well quail hollow, where they play the Wells Fargo. So any event since the 2017 PGA Championship at Quail features jam- champion Bermuda Grass Greens. We've got Sedgefield Country Club, where they play the Wyndham. TPC Southwind, where they played the FedEx St Jude Classic, the WGC St Jude Invitational, and the St Jude Championship this last this year that was won by Wills Alatorres. Uh, clearly he's injured at the moment. Also, the Country Club of Jackson, Sarneson Farms Championship. There's also other ones like Trinity Forest, and they used to play the Barbasol on Champion Bermuda Grass Greens uh, at some course called the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail, which was in Alabama. Uh, Keegan Bradley also won the PGA Championship at Atlanta Athletic Club back in 2011 on Champion Bermuda Grass. So there's loads to go on this week. But for me, I've gone for players with a bit of pump pot of a bit of pump off the tee. i I'm seeing. When I looked at the players that played well here, I'm talking about like Chess and Hadley, Gary Kigo. Although he hasn't got much PJ tour experience. But where has he done well in the States? Tyrrell Hatton, Johnny Vegas, Harris English, Hudson Swafford. I'm seeing course links to. TPC Scottsdale, where they played a Waste Management Phoenix Open. Loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of links to the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, where they played the team event down at TPC Louisiana. I'm also seeing links to TPC Boston, where they used to play the Deutsche Bank, the Dell Technologies, and the last one was the Northern Trust. I love the way that all of these tournaments at the same courses change sponsors over the years. It's, um, it's so easy to keep up to speed with. Also links with Silverado, where they play the Fortinet, and, lo and behold, the Country Club of Jackson, where they play the Sanderson Farms Championship. So, Sanderson Farms Championship and Sedgefield, the Wyndham, as we've referenced already, they have champion Bermuda grass greens, and when I look at TPC Louisiana, TPC Louisiana down in New Orleans really visually looks very, very close to what we're seeing this week at Congaree. Very visually the same. Loads of water, kind of raised. Uh, green complexes surrounded by a lot and a lot of bunkering a lot of bunkering down fairways and around greens so I do like the TPC Louisiana link looking for players this week right I have gone for four it was so so tempting to put Rory McElroy in the team I don't know about you I just look at what's on offer this week in terms of world number one. I just cannot see a leaderboard without Rory McIlroy in it towards the top of it this week. It just feels to me to suit him. And it was worthy of note that, of course, he won the 2012 PGA Championship at at the Ocean Course at Keira Island, which, again, I think is visually very similar. Although they are paspalum. The agronomy there is paspalum. In yeah, my you- in my mind, I've got a scenario with Rory where he does become world number one in 2022. But he does it at the DP World Tour Championship when he also wins the Europe the DP World Tour title and the Race to Dubai, becoming the first player to well not the first but um, he wins both tour titles in the same year 2022. PGA Tour at the Tour Championship and the DP World Tour at the DP World Tour Championship and becomes world number one. That would just be the perfect end to the year for people that, especially anti-libsters, when Rory's world number one, won both order and merits. That's the only, that that is a ridiculous reason not to put him up, but I don't know. I, I just, I couldn't in the end. I went with Justin Thomas. We've seen this tournament won at 15-2, 10-1, 8-1 and 22-1 over for the last five renewals. I just like JT, drove the ball very well at the Tour Championship, 14-1 in an event that he's won twice, so he clearly likes the tournament. He's also won four times in the full segment of the PGA Tour, twice in Malaysia, twice in South Korea. He likes this time of year, biorhythms, blah, 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 blah. I think JT deep down will be disappointed with this season. He's won once, but for a player of JT's calibre, that's that's not great. I know it was a major, which clearly now a two-time major champion. I wouldn't be surprised to see JT take the momentum of finishing fourth at the Tour Championship in terms of 72-hole scoring and claiming four out of five points at the President's Cup and actually coming here to a course where it's wide off the tee, which is good for him. We know he can be not the straightest, but the thing that Kevin Kisner, distance control, you just look at JT's game, his game from 175 yards and in, in terms of proximity, consistency of approach is just amazing. I think this course plays to him very, very nicely. And we know with JT Absolute Bermuda grass green monster. Really, really good on Bermuda grass greens, including that, that win at Quail Hollow, the 2017 PGO on champion Bermuda grass. So, in the end, I went with J2. Three points each way, 14 to 1. I got that Bet365, the only bookmaker via their each way extra facility to be offering eight places each way across this 78 man field this week at the CJ Cup. What are your thoughts on Rory? Do you think he wins it?
2: Well, he's been playing some of these events over on the DP World Tour and in the mix pretty much every week, but not converting. And if you look at the strength of the field that he's up against this week compared to those that he was playing against on the DP World Tour, it's another notch above. Um, I agree with what you said, that... He's likely to be in the mix. He's likely to place. And if you went for an each way um, kind of shot to nothing with him at the price, in, in all likelihood, you, you're going to get an each way return. But does he actually win? I'm, I think that there are too many factors and variables to, to be confident the price would say 15 to 2, 7 to 1, that kind of number. Yeah. Can't pull the trigger personally. But yeah, I, I can't expect him to, to not be in the mix it kind of yeah, particularly if it is a little bit softer than, uh, uh, than the last time we saw the Palmetto um, I, I'd expect him to be there or thereabouts
0: mm-hmm. could going to be a feature I cannot see a way that there, he won't be a feature but then saying that I cannot really see a reason why J, JT won't get right into the mix as well he's that kind of player for me I think this course will play to his strengths. The fact that it's not—it's wide off the tee, very Kapalua-like. And If you want a player that plays Kapalua really, really well, JT's one of those.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah, I'm on. I'm on. Um, I'm on JT. Have you any thoughts on Rory Barring? I know you're the Rory Whisperer. <laughs>
1: um, I. I can... In terms of betting <clears throat> betting on Rory, it just doesn't, that, that price, like those low prices don't interest me, excite me, but I'll get just, you know, I'll enjoy watching him play and if he wins and beats one of my bets, like, okay, he robs me some of the win equity of my, you know, money coming back, but um, it's always going to be interesting watching him win and, you know, you'll enjoy that. It's just, it's not, it's just not the kind of betting style I like to go with. Um, I'd rather have, a, you know, Spread it out across a couple of guys at a bit of longer odds, and it's just for fun, you know. If if we if we were really good at this, we'd just be making a lot of money on it. But um... I think it's going to be a huge deal for for Rory if and when
0: he gets that world number one back. And like I I I say, it would just be perfect if it was at the DP World Tour Championship. Yeah, but this isn't... That'd, this be, isn't a ho- proper two, that'd be a proper two-finger job to the rest of... to the, to the, to the Livsters. Yeah. That really would. Uh, my ho- second hollywood. bet... Oh, yeah, absolutely. But kind of very Rory-esque. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that Rory would do. He's got that gravitas. Um, the second player that I've tipped up is Sam Burns. Two points each way, 28-1 to 1, with William Hill. I've got seven places each way with William Hill. You look at Sam Burns and where he plays well, he's absolutely monstrous off the tee. And you just go all the way back to 2017 with Sam Burns, where he was a amateur. He turned up at the Barber Soul Championship, which was an alternate event, PGA Tour event. That one that we referenced at the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail in Alabama, finished 6th. Lowlands Golf, Southern State Golf, Sam Burns is all over it. Four-time PGA Tour winner now, 12th in the world. And his Bermuda grass, palmaris is unbelievable. And it just ticks all of the things that I'm looking for. So I'm on Sam Burns, who, when he was on the Corn Ferry Tour in 2018... Started the year finishing second in Columbia, Bermuda Grass Greens. He then came to the Savannah Championship, which is just down the road in Georgia. Uh, It's 70 miles down the Interstate 95. It was on Deer Creek Course at the Landings Club. And when I actually looked on Google again, it looked so, so similar to this golf course. It was frightening. He won that, and that was a Tom Fazio design. So within two, his first two tour, Corn Ferry Tour starts in 2018, he'd already locked up a PGA Tour card. That's kind of talent we're looking at with Sam Burns. But yeah, I mean, he's a winner, of course. He's, three of his four PGA Tour victories have come on Bermuda Grass Greens. The other one was at Colonial, which, as we've been talking about, Referencing recently, that's a golf course that's all Bermuda apart from the bent grass putting surfaces. But yes, he's got a great record at TPC Louisiana in the team event. Um, he's been second at TPC Southwind when they played the WGC there last year on on these champion Bermuda grass greens. He's just, he's just all over at Sandburns. So I'm on Sandburns at 28-1, to 1, seven places each way with William Hill. Those are my two sub twenty eight to one. My other tips are towards the hundred to one mark. So I'll bring you two in. Who who are you guys? Have you gone for guys down in this mid range? Who who are you? Who are you looking at this one?
2: Well, the only one I've backed in that kind of number is um, Tom Kim. Sticking with Tom Kim. Um, now he's out to thirty to one this week, and I guess that's more due to the influx of players at the top of the market rather than the fact that he's lost an arm or anything. Um but yeah I, I, I keep picking people a week early. So on the basis I backed Tom Kim last week and he didn't do anything. Um I'm no damn sure that if I leave him out this week he'll probably go and win. So um so yeah I'm gonna stick with Tom. We don't really know the extent of his capability other than his he's you know he's well, he could be anything, couldn't he? he could be absolutely anything. So, um, not played the course, um, you know, not very little experience generally in the uh, in, in, in uh in the PGA Tour, but um, looks an absolute incredible prospect. So, yeah, happy, happy to take him and just uh, and see how he fares at thirty to one this week. But that's the only one of that kind of number. What about you, Barry.
1: Yeah, I've I kind of on the basis that this course has just been used the one time, it negates the advantage that the long term uh, tour pros have in terms of course mm. knowledge build up. So, and then the Higo, you know, was his first um, win on the PGA Tour. I'm kind of looking for guys that you know t- to kind of in that grab their first win. Um, so I've backed uh, Sahita Tigala finished fifth last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm like not too much bits and pieces of logic. He's long enough off the tee. Um, just give it a rip on that. Then the other one is S. H. Kim, who I've backed uh, a couple of times recently. He's on a nice trending form line of 36th, 13th, and fourth. Just had a week off there to chill and see um, see if he can connect it up here. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna stay on Ricky Fowler but and more so because of the uh, the connection to or that we think exists between this and the vibes in Pinehurst number two where he was uh, second to Martin Keimer in that US open yeah. and then I'll, I'll wrap up while I'm here my last one another one who I've been backing a bit recently and is uh, you know, can bang it out there, but his last three events uh, are third, ninth, and fifteenth. Taylor Montgomery. He's just drifted out there to fifty-five to one on three-six-five with the uh, in the each-way extra sections. Mm. He's playing some golf, Montgomery. isn't he? unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. isn't he? James? So
0: Ricky Fowler, by the way, chaps. Jordan Smith one oh five. Ricky Fowler now up to one oh six in the world golf rankings. He was as low as one sixty. Last week. It's funny, we we mentioned so many players on this podcast. And yeah, Fowler, we put him up at the Shriners, all on him. Misses the cut. Comes out in Japan. And we talk, yeah, you know, him, his work with Butch is going to, of course, turns up in Japan. 18, 36 hole leader, 54 hole leader. You just sit there and shake your head, you really then. It's good to see, though, with Ricky. It's really good. Yeah. He's gone back to his roots and it's starting to pay dividends. Lovely to see. He's now two for nine with fifty-four hole leads on the PGA Tour. By the way, not a very good converter is our Ricky, but we've said that as well. Ricky will eventually win, like a Matt Kuchar used to do. It would be painful, slow death, and he'll win at like fourteen to one.
2: Yeah, we come from way off the pace in an event, and uh, you know, four or five back into a Sunday, and just stick that super low round in that gets like you did at
0: the Players. Mm. You got it. Now I've gone for Sep Straka again. I've got 90 to 1, eight places each way with bet 365 on Sep Straka. Doesn't really need um much coverage really. In my eight week strokes gained trackers, he's ninth for tee to green, sixth for putting and 14th for strokes gained current form.
2: Yep. Yeah, he's going to be a popular boy this week Straka, isn't he? Um, I'm on Stracker as well I mean the thing I picked out with Stracker if you pick his last three Bermuda grass tournaments second at St Jude's, sixth for 72 hole scoring at the Tour Championship and then second at the Sanderson Farms yep. so coming back to Bermuda this week could be uh, could be just the combination I think to uh, to get him over the line
0: he was also third this year which I didn't notice at all, at Harbour Town. And Harbour Town, when you look on a map, is literally 30 to 40 miles just down the coast, yep. or towards the coast. So it's his kind of area. I know a load of people are jumping on Kevin Kisner as well because they've worked out that this is his practice facility. 175 to 1. So that could be one to take a look at. So I'm on Stra- Stracker, who I think's a. I still cannot work out, chaps, how Seb Strack has been priced up at ninety to a, some firms yesterday. Banged him out there at hundred. I'm pretty sure. Let me just check. I don't want to. I don't want to give do a misservice here. I'm pretty certain that a couple of firms went with him at hundred and twenty-five to one on first show. Yep, yeah, they did. That's madness. Yeah, for a sort guy that's twenty seventh in the world. Mm. No, total and utter there. madness. Uh, The other one I took, and I'm I'm going for this um, world rankings, top 50 in the world vibe that I I do like to hit at this time of year. It might not be the right player, um, but I want somebody that's fringy world top 50, is playing for that Masters invite at Christmas, landing on his doormat. And hasn't played the Tour Championship. So he hasn't got that two-year exemption. And he hasn't got invites into a lot of majors through it at the Tour Championship. The player I came up with. You could have gone for Killer Keith Mitchell. But I didn't really like the prices on Killer Keith Mitchell. Um, I went for Kurt Kitayama. And I like Kurt because this golf course. He's a terrible driver of the golf ball on occasion. In terms of his... Lines off tees, they can be very, very flagrant. There's lots of width here, but one thing Kirk Kitayama does, he gets the ball out there. He's also a very good grinder. So, from fairway and in, a fantastic player from approach play, but also around the green game. And Kirk Kitayama, I remember him finishing. Uh, third at the Honda Classic, second at the Mexico Open, which was the one John Rahm won, and that course there was kind of by the coast, it was past Barlam from memory, but it was quite open, it it really favoured longer hitters, I mean we were on Cameron Champ that week, Um, he's also finished second at the Scottish Open, which they play at the Renaissance, so there's there's that slight connotation with coastal golf, but I always prefer Kitayama on a golf course from the limited amount I've seen. I just think that this course could suit him. So I'm on him at, again 90 to 1 with bet three six five eight eight places each way on Kirk Kitayama. So the four I've got are Kitayama, I've got Sepp Strucker, Sam Burns, and Justin Thomas. Any others for the CJ Cup from you guys?
2: Um, no, 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 the outright ones. Stracker, as I say, um, and Tim, no, Tim, <laughs> Tom Kim. Um, the, the one I like for first round leader, and we're not going to get much of a um, draw bias this week because it's a short field. Uh, still waiting for most of the, the prices to come out. But the one I like is John Hu. Um, around about 125 to one. I wonder if someone will dangle 150 to one out there at some point. <laughs> Yeah, that'll probably be what I'm exclaiming when he shoots 78 instead of 61. But he has, I mean, it's talking 61s. He shot a 61 in the second round last week. He shot a 61 to lead the Wyndham back in August. He's that kind of streaky player who can just post that silly low round and then do nothing for the rest of the tournament. And if he posts that silly low round on Thursday, leads and uh, we pick up a 125, maybe even 150 to one winner, then I'll be extremely happy. But there's only two or three firms up with prices at the moment, so I'm going to sit and wait and see if someone else dangles a price. But Put um, is going in my team.
0: There's a player I found who has got excellent finishes at both Jackson and New Orleans. He played in this last year when he was absolutely at the rock bottom of confidence. And I'm seeing him right now priced up with a couple of firms at 200 to 1. Again, I think he could be a decent first round leader punt. Benny Ann. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He started last year with a 67, which was tied for seventh after round one. And he was playing absolute garbage at that stage. He was at the rock bottom of confidence, Ben An. And it was interesting. He started the 40 net, didn't he? This year, the first PJ Tour event, this season rather, started with a 66, which was tied third in yep. the first round leader market. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Ben Ann just kind of starts quite nicely.
2: Yeah, and he only needs to put that one putting round together to, uh, to, to get himself there because the ball striking is normally good enough to... Mm to put himself in the mix.
0: So have a think about those two. Mm. John Hu and Ben Arn? Right, shall we move on to the Mallorca Golf Open?
2: Yeah, let's do it. The the final leg of our three-week Spanish swing this week in Mallorca, as you say. Let's get to that critical point in the season, isn't it? With Events running out on the DP World Tour and players looking to, to save their cards, retain their cards for next season, potentially. Um, Looking at the numbers at the moment, it looks like 117th is going to be the number that players are going to need to get to. It's a bit of a moving feast. That number has moved, because I I think I quoted it a week or two before, 122nd, which it was at the time. But 117th now, so there must have been some commitments or some legal wrangling or something going on that's moved that number. Anyway, players are going to need to get themselves inside... The line, whatever that, whatever that line may be, over the next week or two. We've got this week, we've got Portugal Masters next week. And then we're into the likes of the Ned Bank, which is a limited field event, um, 65 players, or 64 players, I think that. And of course, the DP World Tour Championship. So for the rank and file needs must over this week and next and we saw what's possible um angel hidalgo last week he moved from 130th to 88th place last week uh, courtesy of his fourth place finish at valderrama and that's the kind of thing that can happen he's sewn his card up now no issues whatsoever for next season and there'll be a few people this week um, looking to do something very similar um, this week or, of course, next week to Villamora if they don't quite pull it out of the bag this week. And it's a good opportunity, really. It's actually not the strongest of fields here in Mallorca. Patrick Reed was down to play this week, but his name dropped off the entry list over the weekend. That's left Rasmus Hogard as the 12-1 favourite. Rasmus was fifth last week at Valderrama. Um, comes into this week off some good form, and yeah, I can see why he's been put up as favourite. Doesn't hasn't quite been getting over the line um, recently, which uh, um, is, is a little off putting for a twelve to one shot. Even even so, um, worthy favourite, I think. Ryan Fox won the Dunhill um, a few weeks back, sixteen to one. Last week's winner, Adrian Atagi, eighteen to one. Can he go back to back if he plays anything like he did last week? Then, well, we we'll, we shall see. Uh, Eddie Peprel 22s, Yannick Paul 25 to 1. Richard Mansell 28s, Fabrizio Zanotti 30 to 1. Uh, Andy Sullivan 33s. Richie Ramsey 35 to 1. 40 to 1 Bar those uh, eight or nine players that I've just read through there. A few each way, extra a few each way, um, additional places this week. Paddy Power, Betfair, Coral, Ladbrooks, and Boyle Sports, all of them offering seven places a fifth of the odds. Uh, The only one offering eight places is Bet365, again, through their Each Way Extra proposition. So do check out any or all of those bookies before placing your bets because you might find a better combination for your picked players this week.
0: I've just found my player for the week at Bet365, Each Way Extra. Eight Places Each Way, market best price. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Thank you
0: very much. Yep. Well,
2: we'll wait for the big reveal in a few minutes. Whereabouts are we pitching it, Steve, so I know when to bring you in? What kind of number?
0: Kind of bigger than 66s. Right, yeah.
2: Got you. Okay, of course, um, new one to the circuit is Son Montana Golf Club. Last year, we played um, just uh, down the coast at Santa Ponza. Um, so do watch out if you're looking at the event history of course that event last year was the only one in the recent times um, in Mallorca so there's not much to go on anyway and um, given that we're moving courses this week there's even less to go on in that respect Uh, Son Montana is a 6,952 yard past 71 so pretty short by modern standards it's parkland in style uh there's trees on some holes um they're pretty sparse on most they, uh, some some of the some of the uh, holes you might describe as tree line but generally it's pretty sparse there's water in play on others as well so a bit of a mix proper parkland affair it looks fairly generous from off the tee and uh Given that we're in Mallorca, it's designed primarily for the tourist trade, so I would classify it as a resort course. Um, We'll see if it really plays to resort-style scoring as we go through the week, but um, that would be how I would expect it to be. The greens were relayed relatively recently with V8 Bent Grass, um, which is supposed to be one of the quicker varieties, so we're expecting pretty speedy Bent Grass greens this week. Uh, The par 71 has three reachable par fives. They are 533, 549 and 573 in length. So all of them for the longer hitters are there for the taking. There's also five sub 400 yard par fours on the course as well. So for players that can keep the ball in play from off the tee um, and attack these scorable holes, there should be some birdies and eagles out there. I'd have thought now The course uh, itself was designed by Kurt Roschnecht. Now, we've seen a few of his designs over the years. 2020 Italian Open, Chervo Golf Club. That was the one won by uh, Ross McGowan. Um, He designed that course. The 2017 Paul Laurie match play as well. Um, That was at Bad Griesbach over in Germany. Um, The same course was used also for the 2015 and 2016 Porsche European Open as well. So a little bit of form there you can look at. He also designed Munchen Icon Read, uh, which is used uh, pretty much every other year on the BMW International Open circuit. So do have a flick through if you think there are going to be some relevance um, and, and some carryover between the designs. I can see some logic because um, this I'd kind of class this as a, um, a risk reward style course and particularly the um, bad Grishback course that's similar kind of um, risk reward um, in my estimation so perhaps he designs some similar kind of courses wherever he goes Kurt Roshnecht So, if you're fancy looking for some uh, some course correlation, uh, those courses are worth having a quick look at. In terms of the weather, it looks warm and sunny, mid seventies thereabouts in terms of Fahrenheit. Winds, uh, it's you know, it's it's an it's an island. You're going to get some wind coming off the uh, the Mediterranean anyway. Ten to fifteen miles an hour is what's expected this week. So nothing excessive, but just enough to. to make the players think about their club selection. It's, I mean, that should keep the lid on scoring to a degree. But it either, even so, it should be a welcome respite um, this week after Valderrama last week. Um, for all but the players. or For all but Adrian Otegi at the top of the top of the leaderboard. Who, as we've described, absolutely lapped the field. Um, really, I'm afraid that's pretty much all we've got to go on this week. Because we've not seen the course before. Um, very little... Uh, form or very little history of events in recent years in Mallorca. Uh, if you look at last year, um, just down the down the coast, Jeff Winther won this. Um, he won it at Santa Ponza, 15 under par. He shot a couple of rounds of 62 in there. So even though it's a different course, um, I expect the winning score probably in that kind of region, 15 to 20 maybe under par. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see some players go particularly short and get some good birdie and eagle streaks going around this course. It seems to be that kind of one where you are going to be able to um, pick up a lot of red numbers if you're particularly leaving your ball in the fairways um, or finding the fairways from off the tee and you know being able to attack these par fives and the short par fours in particular. Now... There isn't much to go on. I've kept it relatively tight for for this week. I've got a couple of players um in the low mid range, and then I'll, I'll bring you guys in. Um, first one I've backed is Andy Sullivan. Um, early prices yesterday forty to one. I took thirty five to one with eight places. Currently thirty three to one. So he's been nibbled in a little bit. Really was eye catching last week. Andy Sullivan. He finished eleventh overall of Valderrama. That's Andy likes classical style tests. He likes tree line tests, but he does prefer it a little bit. He's quite a bit easier than it was last week at Valderrama. Um, and I think this week's test will suit him much, much better. Now, he was really upbeat on social media about the state of his game. He was fifth for strokes going to approach, sixth for, um, i sorry, fifth for strokes going t- to green as well last week. So his long games performing particularly well at the moment. Four wins on tour um, for Andy over the years. The last two of them, 23 under, 27 under. So we know he can score on more scorable tests. Not expecting it to be quite so deep this week, I must say. But uh, if you bear in mind that he won those two events by a combined 16 shots, then we know that when he's on... His game, he can absolutely lap fields. Potentially, that, uh, that win from Adrian Otegi last week will give him a little reminder that when he was at his best or when he is at his best, then that's the kind of thing that he can do to a course as well. Uh, finished fifth in Munich on one of those rushneck designs last year. Um, seems to be building momentum in his game, I think. He's finished eighth at Hillside, third at Celtic Manor in the recent past. And of course, last week was a a big tick in the box, finishing 11th on what isn't such a compatible course for Andy Sullivan. So quite happy to plump with Sullivan at the top. Quite happy also to go with Nikolai Hogard. Now I picked up 45 to 1 yesterday best now 40 to 1 madly he opened at 60 to 1 very briefly yesterday that got absolutely hammered and he's been heavily back since and justifiably so I think I've seen quite a few um tipsters put him up this week and I think Hogard um could go particularly well. Now, his brother Rasmus is a favourite this week after his fifth at Valderrama. I think looking at the two courses, um, Rasmus is probably better suited to last week um, in terms of his the way he approaches his game. Nikolai's a bit more aggressive in style. He finished seven, uh, 37th last week. Um, but I think this week is much more up his alley with these reachable par 5s and this string of short par 4s. Now The key for Nikolai is keeping his ball in the play from off the tee so that he can attack those holes. Uh, last week, he was at Valderrama. Nikolai was first for strokes gained off the tee. Now, the last time he was first for strokes gained off the tee was when he won at Raz Khayma back in February, when he's got that ball, doing what he wants um, from off the tee, he's hitting it relatively straight and hitting an absolute mile, then he can tear up these resort-style courses. And I think this week, if he repeats what he did from off the tee at Valderrama, he's going to go very, very close, I think. Um, also, he won in Italy last year. That was at the Marco Simone course. Um, that's another Parkland course, another course with Ben Grass Greens. Uh, Ryder Cup venue, of course, and uh, Nikolai will be looking to get his qualifying campaign for the Ryder Cup up and running, I think, as soon as possible, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised, I wouldn't be surprised to see both Hogards up there um, battling it out this week, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Nikolai come out on top um, so we, we shall see but uh, yeah it seems to be a, a decent fit for him now I've got a couple of uh, three figure shots but let's bring you in Steve um, who's the uh, player that you alluded to a second ago
0: well my logic over the last few weeks has always been players that are either playing for the top 50 in the world or players that are outside the top 50 for the race to Dubai qualification yep yep. player that I've plumped for on that score this week is a player that finished fourth at the DP World Tour Championship last year. He's currently 67th in the race to Dubai Rankings. It's Nikolai Hoyguide. So I'm on him, Paul. I'm doubling up with you. The 66 to uh, the 70 to one chance that I'm actually going for is. And you said earlier, a few minutes ago, you keep putting up players the week before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kiradek yeah. yeah. I'm on Kiradek at 70 to one this week. Eight with bet 365 again, eight places each way. I'm on 35 to one on Nikolai with bet 365, eight places each way. Yeah, each I way do. extra. I, I think Kiradec he's playing for a future on some kind of tour. Mm. PJ tour has all gone wrong. Corn Ferry couldn't get promoted. He needs some results and he needs them quickly. Otherwise, he's not, he, you know, he's going to be struggling to play DP World Tour next year. So he needs to perform.
2: Yeah. No, I I I had a good look at him. I had a good look at Jazz Janet Watton on as well um, from a tie angle. And uh, yeah, I, I, to, to be honest, last week if you took because Kyra shot an eleven on. The oh, it's a shocker! Yeah, <laughs> it was a shocker. You know, it, it, the the round that he produced on um, on Friday sixty eight was one of the better rounds of the day. I think so it was the yeah. cut, but absolutely, um, but, yeah.
0: I, We've said there's something percolating with him. It's coming slowly. It's a confidence thing. And there's disasters there. I think this course is going to suit more. a lot more risk and reward. Yeah.
2: Given, uh, yeah given the players that keep popping up a week later for me, I'd I, Tristan Lawrence made the places last week and I'd backed him the week before. Aiden Buckley, who I backed the week before as well, um, got into the places last week in in, uh, in, in uh, the zoda. It's just a litter of um, week after itis. <laughs> <laughs> Um Barry, b- before I go into my two longer shots, you got anything kind of sub66s that you'd fancy?
1: Uh, I'm struggling to pick anybody at the moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, sounds like me. Uh, just Struggling to pick anyone who can actually it Sounds like he's struggling him. to keep his eyes open. <laughs>
1: right? yeah. uh, it's it's been a long,
2: long week in the course.
1: It was, it was a long week. Uh, free, open bar is a very difficult thing to resist. Uh, on the, So I, I'm suffering, a, an extent, I suppose, an extended hangover, a build-up over seven days.
2: Oh, Barry, I'll let you off the hook. I'll go for my longer prices then. Um, Justin Walters, I've backed it. Um, again, another one that's been nibbled in. 125 I got yesterday. 100 to 1 is still out there. Justin Walters is always one that I tend to take a look at the season-ending um, tournaments. And as the season draws to a close, he's typically the kind of player... Who's battling for his card, and we've seen in the past some really late heroics from him at, um, at Val- Villamora in particular, where he's managed to save his card with a, you know, a flying final round or a, a, a you know, a, a couple of second place finishes he's got there over the years. Now it's a bit different this year. He's had a better year. He currently sits Justin Walters sixty fifth in the season long rankings. And at that position, that does give him a live chance of making the Earth course, um, and what will be for the first time in his career if he plays well this week, um, or, or and or next week um, at Villamora. Uh, so yeah, a diff- different scenario, a different equation for Justin Walters this this year, but equally one that he's well versed and uh, well capable of just pull- pulling something out of the uh, out of the bag right at the death. Um, for the season, the 3rd at the British Masters, 8th at Himalayan. He's got four more top 20 finishes as well, which put him into this position. And his long game has been in really good shape. 22nd for Strokes gained tee to green for the season, eight, 18th for Strokes gain approach. 22nd for Greens in regulation. So um, long game's looking really, really good. Um, Missed the last couple of cuts um, at uh, the Dunhill links and uh, Valderrama. I don't mind that. Either of those courses can easily put a missed cut on your record. Um, I get the feeling that he'll really enjoy this week. And given that he does know how to just find his form in these season-ending tournaments, um, I was quite happy to take a chance on Justin Walters this week at three figures. And finally, I've also backed Maverick Antcliffe. Um, I backed him 175 to 1. There's 200 to 1 out there still available with fewer each way places, but I took him with the um, again with the each way extra proposition. Maverick is 157th in the rankings at the moment, so he needs to, uh, to play really well this week or next if he's going to retain his playing privileges for next season. 21st last week at Valderrama, I and mean, that was a start. He moved up 19 spots in the rankings as a result, um, and actually, that was his best finish of the season so far. His long game recently, even though his results haven't been great, his long game has looked fantastic. Fourth, second, fourth over his last three starts for strokes gained approach. Ninth, 15th and 1st for strokes gained T to green over his last three start, starts. Been losing a stack of shots um, on the greens. Um, and that's kind of what you get with Maverick-Ancliffe. If Ancliffe can have a week where he is neutral, he gets strokes gain zero um, on, the, on the greens over the course of the week and combines that with the kind of approach playing T to green game that we've seen recently, he could contend. He could be one of those players that's pushing for an each-way place or better this week so any kind of spark with that putter um i think he, he could, could go well the australian um no form here of course because no no one's got form and he missed the cut last year um just up the road at santa ponza has got some tangible form in the canary islands from last year though at grand canaria he opened 66 63 really handy position at halfway there a couple of weeks later he finished second behind the aforementioned garrick higo um, when he won in uh, Tenerife. So a second-place finish there. Both of them island courses, of course. Um, Spanish islands. Three-time winner on the China-, China Tour over the years. So, you know, he's clearly a capable lad. Um, just needs to pull it all together in this course. And again, there's, you know, the big carrot this week and next is that he's uh, he's got his card on the line. Perhaps he can... Uh, Perhaps he can do what Angel Hidalgo did last week and uh, get himself into the mix and reward us um, at a big each-way price. So that's Maverick Amitcliffe, Justin Walters, Nikolai Hogard and Andy Sullivan, my four for this week. Um, Any more from either of you guys um, before we wrap it up?
1: Not from me. Barry? I'm going to take a pass. I've not enough research to even put a name out there for fear that somebody else puts money on another value loser. Gamble responsibly, Barry. That's exactly what you're doing.
2: Absolutely. In Safer Gambling Week, Steve.
0: In Safer Gambling Week. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you for your time, chaps. I hope your bets go well.
1: Best of luck, boys. You too, boys. Good luck.
0: Best of luck to listeners. We won't be back next week because uh, I'm away on holiday. we we'll are back the week after. So I hope uh, your bets go well. See you soon. Cheers. If you
1: like betting on golf
0: But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system It's the golf betting system